God, we thank you that you're still saving, that you're still rescuing and redeeming, that you have a purpose and a plan for our lives. And no matter what we've done or where we've been, no matter how low we've gone, no matter no matter the, the, the chapters that are already in our past, God, you still love us and you desire a relationship with us. So God, would you help us, even as we roll through this series, to become the greatest storytellers of the greatest story ever told. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said... Well, welcome to chapter three of Storytellers. It's been an exciting journey, and so we're thrilled that you're here. Guest, we're just super excited that you chose to worship with us this weekend at whatever campus you're at. Thanks for being here. Welcome all nine campuses. It's exciting. God behind bars, we love you men. And we're praying you are telling your story all over both of those institutions. Online campus, we love you. And people say, who, who goes online? Well, if you're sick and you can't come to church, and you, then you go online. Or if you're traveling or you're uh, promised you're in service or you're in business, traveling around the world, then you can connect. And others are people that we invited, and they say, I'm not going to church. I've been. And, and you said, hey, just check us out online. Go to service online. So we're thrilled. Whatever brought you to online, and by the way, sir, we have a t- we could. Would you please close your house coat? That's that's horrible. But we're thrilled that you guys are with us, and God is up to something extraordinary. So stoked about the stories that I'm already getting of people that are taking their friends or family to Starbucks and they're sharing their story and all that God is doing. Thrilled how God is increasing the burden for people far from him and increasing our boldness. People that thought they would never, ever be used of God are now stepping in to the game. It's, in, it's just it's off the chart. So it's great to see what God is doing. If you've not yet used your Starbucks card and invited someone out to share your story, do it this week. Because next weekend, uh, I'm going to practice mine. I'm going to be a storyteller. I'm going to share my story. And then we're going to give the gospel. And then we're going to give people an opportunity who have given their heart to Jesus that day or in Starbucks or with you or wherever to go public in baptism. And it's going to be an incredible weekend. So that's next weekend. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be off the chart. We're thrilled. Now, if you are not yet in a group, it is just, it, it is so it's so needed that you be involved, that you get connected. Because we, what we know is the enemy, Satan, does not want you in a group. He wants you disconnected. He wants you isolated so that he can devour you. But when you are in the body, when you're connected with other believers, then you've got, you've got backup. Because Satan loves to tear the pages out of your book. He loves to rip out the pages of joy, to tear out the pages of victory and the peace of God. See, he can't, he can't rob your salvation, right? If you're born again, he can, but you know what? He can, he can ruin your story. He's like, a, you know, if you ever had said something nice and then your grandkid or your kid walked in and wrote all over the crayon, that's what the devil wants. He wants to write on your story with crayon and he wants to try to ruin it. But greater is he that's in us than he that is in this world. So I challenge you this week, share your story. Just sit down and say, I'll be afraid. Do it anyway. You know, just because we're storytellers. Where you live, work, study, shop, and play, where where we meet people, that's what, what God has called us to. This is not just a good idea. This is a command from the commander-in-chief, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It is, a lot of you didn't grow up in church. This is called the great 
commission. Go therefore and make disciples. Go therefore and share your story. How do you make disciples? By sharing your story and God's story. People are saved. Then we baptize them. They remember the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then we teach them how in small groups. And I, did I mention that? We, we, we get people and gather on a table and we talk. I've been blown away. I shared before, Michelle and I started doing CrossFit. And, and it's, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's brutal when your wife is picking up more weight than you. It's, if, if I was a proud man, I would quit. And uh, but, but we met a bunch of new folks. Tons of them started coming to Faith Promise, so we started a small group. And it's been so refreshing hearing people just say, hey, man, some of my family members are far from God. Man, I, I, you know, I've got people at work, and, 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 and I want to learn to share my story so that, I can, that I, can, I can win them. I can bring them to the Lord. And you say, but, Pastor, I'm struggling with this. This is hard. Listen, of course you're struggling. We all struggle with this aspect because when you get engaged in sharing your story, you have clicked up the spiritual warfare to some of the highest level. But see, God redeemed you and rescued you and gave you a story, and he wants to put you involved in in rescuing other people, and hell will do everything it can do to stop you from sharing your story. And so, of course, there's a struggle. There's a warfare that goes on when we decide we are going to be storytellers. Does that make sense? And so what I'm praying for you, I've been praying for weeks in our staff, I've been praying for an Acts 1-8 baptism, just a fullness, Acts chapter 1, but you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Now let me stop in, because last weekend uh, at all the campuses were watching and something happened at one of our services at Pellissippi and, and, and I try never to draw attention to Pellissippi. So, you know, there was, there was a medical emergency. I couldn't tell what it was. I didn't know who it was. I just knew everybody was looking at the other side of the room. And I said, hey, up here. Well, come on, man. Let's get right up here. And, but it didn't matter because what happened was, well, I mean, the EMTs jump out there. Man, CPR is going on. The, the, our police officers are barking out orders. And nobody's hearing the sermon. So I finally stopped and said, hey, let's pray. Well, right before I stopped and said, let's pray, the EMTs lost Robert's pulse. He was gone. And so we just stopped. Now, again, I can't see what's going on. I can see Robert's wife is, is, is crying uncontrollably. And so we just said, hey, let's pray. Dear Jesus, would you move about that time? <gasps> Robert just came back. See, we have power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, Robert is back with us this weekend. I thought it was funny. They took him to the merch room. The next day, the doctor said, we think it might have just been a little dehydration. <laughs> When's the last time you lost your pulse because you were thirsty? <laughs> Come on. Our God is able, isn't he? He said, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you're going to be my storytellers. That's what a witness is. It's a legal term, means to take the stand and share what you have seen and heard. That's what you're going to be his storytellers in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, where you live, where you work, where you play, where you study, where you shop. That's where you're going to be a storyteller. Does that make sense? So, in this series, what we want to do is this we want to uncomplicate the, conver- the conversation of sharing your story and God's story. Just make it easy, because listen, the church is incredible at taking something God made simple and making it hard. So people think today, well, I've got to go to seminary to share my story. No, you just have to know it. 
You were there. You just had to know your story. You say, but I'm scared. Well, of course you are. We all, we all experience fear when we're going to step into a war zone. You say, but man, my story's unimpressive. Chris, this didn't, I don't, man, I don't have that great story. Listen, if you are born again, anybody born again at any campuses this weekend? Come on, Farragut. Come on, Campbell. So if you are saved, it is the highest level Red Sea miracle that there is. You were dead and now you're alive. You were blind and now you see. Your spirit was dead and it has been resurrected by the power of the gospel. I don't, it, that is explosive and God doesn't think your story is unimpressive. And God wants you to share your stories. That makes sense. It's incredible. I believe the lies of Lucifer. Your story is incredible. So, but I, I, what I want us to do is I want us to think of another reason why I think that the, the statistics tell us the bulk of us will never share a story. We will never share the gospel. So can we think together? Can we think? Because are we real? Are we real of faith promise? We're not putting on airs. We're not trying to act like we're better than anybody else. No, 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 no. We're just, man, we're just the deal. So now, let's just think with me. I'm going to take you on a journey. So we live in a world of social media, right? We live in a world where people share everything. Their cat videos. They share pictures of everybody. They share everything. And can I just break some news to you? Nobody cares what you had for lunch. Come on, Faith Promise. Somebody help me. I don't need to see a picture of what you had for lunch. Now, if it's a, you know, a 42-pound, you know, ribeye, then let me know. But come on. So, so we, we know that people don't even really want to know half the stuff that we share, right? And yet we still shamelessly share it. Does that make sense? So let me ask you this question. In a sharing society, why is sharing your story such a struggle? We share everything. We post it. We tweet about it. We Instagram it. We put it on Pinterest. We're hooking it up on Facebook. We're, we're doing all that stuff. Why is it that sharing how we met God, our greatest friend, the greatest gift, the greatest love, the greatest experience we've ever had in life, why is that hard? See, because we're talking, does eternity matter? Should eternity matter to your family and friends that are far from God? See, one of the things that drives me with such passion is that I know every day eternity weighs in the balance for our family and friends. And so I pray over you, literally, every day, Acts 1-8. Matter of fact, God, would you just right now at every campus, would you pour out an Acts 1-8 burden for people that are far from you? A burden that will get us out of our lazy boys, a burden that will move us out of our comfort zones, a burden that will cause us to walk to the next cubicle or the neighbor's house or to, to take someone to Starbucks. God, would you open our eyes to the lost that are all around us? Would you open our minds to our story? God, would you open our hearts, God, to, to, to feel and sense where they are? God, would you give us a burden and a boldness that will move us into the harvest field that Jesus, you said that we should ask God to do? I pray that you will raise up thousands of storytellers in this month 
And we'll spend the rest of our lives sharing our story and your story. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said? All right. Now, we're still going on a journey. So don't you think with me. Now, again, I'm getting to the reason why I think many of us never share stories. Is that right? So here's the deal. We love new stuff. Do you all agree with that? We're already wondering how long it's going to take to get an iPhone X. How long might we have to wait in line? What, you know, or am I going to get an eight and then wait till everybody's got an X? See, we love new stuff, don't we? You get a new car, you want everybody to see it, right? You get a new house, you invite all your friends over. Man, you get a new boyfriend or girlfriend, you immediately go to Facebook and you change your status. How do you know? I know. And so, and so we love new stuff, would you? And we love to share new stuff. Is that, is that right? And this is why, because new pops off the page. That hoopty you've had for 23 years, thank God, that's paid for, that's leaking oil on a parking lot of Faith Promise as we speak, <laughs> that you might need to be jumped off to get home this weekend. See, that doesn't pop off the page. New pops off the page. Everybody notices that new car, right? See, new. See, and, and what, what has happened to many of us is we've forgotten as believers what it was like before we met Jesus. We have forgotten what life was like before the Creator put our brokenness back together. He picked the broken pieces of our heart, the broken pieces of our lives, and He put them all back together. We've forgotten what it was like. Does that make sense? So the feeling of new that we're supposed to feel has now grown old. Now, we know that we were given a new life, right? Matter of fact, when you were baptized, somebody probably said, raise to walk in newness of life. That's Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. You are raised to walk in newness of life. You are brand new. Man, we hear that. See, you remember when you were saved and how you experienced it? Do you remember what it was like when all your sins were wiped away with one stroke of the blood of Jesus and got through your sins as far as the east is from the west? Do you remember what it was like for your guilt to be gone? Do you remember what it was like the first time that you had sight and you wanted your family and friends to experience it? and taste and see that this God that you had just met was good. Anybody remember that? Come on, somebody help me. But something happened since then to now. There's been a lot of new chapters written in your book, and some of those chapters have been painful. There have been problems. Maybe, maybe you went through a bad marriage. Maybe you had some bad health. Maybe you had a, maybe you had a kid go prodigal. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your home. But, but through a series of difficulties, the world licked all the red off your sucker. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? And see, because of that, we don't feel new anymore. We actually feel old. We don't feel new, and so we don't want to share the story because we don't feel that newness. Does that make sense? Even though we know that new life was bought for us on the cross, even though we know 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, if anyone is in what? He or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. One of the reasons that people feel old is when you were born again, you didn't move into the new things. You kept hanging out with the old things. 
and doing the old things, and so you still feel old because you haven't moved in the new things God has for you, which is, by the way, becoming a storyteller. Being involved in the kingdom of God, being involved with a church and a small group, serving the Lord, impacting. See, when you get saved, you get on this incredible journey of faith, and the more you serve God, the more faith is required, the newer you feel. Are y'all out there? I, I hear you breathing. Somebody with me. See, he bought us new life. You went from common to uncommon. You went from ordinary to extraordinary. God brought about great things. So here's the deal. Every page of your story should be new. Every day, God's writing new chapters. But every day, the devil is sitting there, if you'll allow him to scribble all over your page or to tear out that joy and that victory. Now, some of you are not going to, some of you young adults are not going to know what this is. You've never seen one of these. It's incredible. It's called a book. (laughs) Not not just any book. This is a pop-up book. Y'all remember those? Ooh, yeah. See, you don't get a pop-up on your iPad. Well, you do. It's called an advertisement. But it's nothing cool. See, you read this to your kid, and when you, when you open the page, it just pops up, doesn't it? It's called a pop-up book, and you read it to your kids, you read it to your grandkids, and it just, it just pops up. See, our lives, newness just pops off the page. Does this make sense? And you and I, our lives should just pop off with new passion, with new power, with new purpose, and a new plan. See, when you, when you were born again, if you're saved, anybody, anybody in any campus saved this weekend? Anybody have a relationship with God? Then, you, then what you're doing is you're walking in grace and the forgiveness of God. I love the etymology of the word. I saw that this week. The, word, the, the etymology is the history of a word and how a word came into being. And it, gives a, it just flavors the word. Grace in the Greek, was, it was developed because something that was incredibly beautiful, a sunset, a mountain range, something that, that was just incredible, the Greeks would say, oh, that's full of grace. See, when you were born again, your life became incredible. Your story became incredible. And people should look at you and say, oh, my, they're full of grace. Does that make sense? Does, that, does this make sense? See, when I got saved, I just couldn't get over the fact that God would save a wretch like me. Am I the only one in the house? Come on, campuses. Come on. Come on, blunt. Somebody talk to me over there. But there could be, there could be a problem. And so let me ask this question. Has grace become less beautiful and irresistible because it has become old to us? Come on. Do you still wake up shocked that you're even saved? Do you get out of bed thinking, oh my goodness, how could, how could God love me? Wow! Woo! Or do you get out of bed and say, another day? Man, I wish I had five more minutes of sleep. Come on. Are you with me? Is anybody listening? I could start over. Have we got, come on, are y'all? See, when you were born again, the newness was never meant to end. The gospel, the gospel is a never-ending story 
that is always ever meant to be shared. Your story and his story. See, and, and see, the reason the gospel grows old to us is because we don't share it. See, sharing the gospel keeps the tarnish off of it. Sharing God's grace keeps the freshness and the newness on it. Winning people to Jesus keeps you in the pediatric unit. And if you go to the hospital, the best place to be is the, peri- the pediatric unit. Everybody's excited, aren't they? New life, new families. You want to get burned out, bummed out, go to the geriatrics ward. The only thing there are people waiting to what? Get promoted. If they're believers, you get promoted to heaven. And so, see, it's, has grace grown old? Has it? See, where do we share? Where we live, where we work, where we play, where we shop? Man, it's, it, it's everywhere. See, our lives, promisers, promisers, stories should pop off the pages for all to see. I pray all the time, God, I pray you'll make all of East Tennessee, every single promiser, stand out in the crowd, and people will know that they are yours, that you'll give them opportunities to share, that you'll open up doors, that your power will rest on them, that they will be highly favored, and they will be blessed, and that God, people will know, if neighbors move in, how come you're so different than everybody else? People at work, what's up about you? Oh, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. Does that make sense? Because Jesus said you can be salt and light. The Spirit of God is in you. The grace of God is on you. Let's look at a guy right here. Philip, his story pops off the page. I love this. This is a story of Philip sharing his story. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord, remember we talked about John 4, the Samaritans. Now they're being saved. There's a great move of God. Philip, so an angel spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. Now, he's been, he has been asked to leave a revival. He has been asked to leave. See, when technology goes away, we have a book. It's back. It's a miracle. So, <laughs> see, this is a, the, the desert road. I want you to leave the revival because I got a job for you. So he got up and went. He didn't argue, he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch of the court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, this is why you gotta have the Acts 1-8 so you're in tune with the spirit of God so you can hear when God is directing you what to do. And go up and join the chariot. Philip ran. He didn't wait. He didn't wonder. He ran up and heard him. This is so cool. Watch watch this. He heard him reading what? Isaiah, the prophet, saying, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how could I unless someone shares the story? I need a storyteller. And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture, this is so cool, which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before his shears is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his, gener- his generation? For his life is removed far from the earth. The eunuch entered, said Philip, and said, Hey, by the way, who is he talking about? Now, This is what's called an open door. Are you with me? Hey, I just read this. I don't, who's he talking about? Himself or someone else? Philip opened his mouth. Of course he did. Some of y'all need to open your mouths. 
share the story. And he beginning from the scripture, he was reading, he preached Jesus to him. And they went along the road. They came to some water. The eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Next weekend, there'll be water. Every campus, there'll be water, except the online campus, and you have a bathtub. And so what prevents me from being baptized? There's water. Come on, dude. And Philip said, if you believe with all of your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He ordered the change to stop. They both went down into the water, Philip as well as eunuch. He baptized him. Look, then they both came up out of the water. I love this. Watch what's next. Then the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. Teleportation. There it is right there. Beam me up, Holy Spirit. He just moved, jank, he's gone. Now, Philip, if the Ethiopian had ever doubted, he would never after that moment. Boom, Philip's gone. And, and snatched Philip away. And the eunuch no longer saw him, but he went on his way rejoicing because he's, he's received the story. But Philip found himself at Astos. What does he do? As he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel. Teaching, sharing, not preaching necessarily like we're doing, like I'm doing right now. It's just, he's just chatting. He's sharing the story of the gospel, all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Everywhere Philip went, he just was a storyteller. And he just shared of his new life and the new life that Jesus offers. Now, remember, we read 2 Corinthians 5 17 that if you're in Christ, you're what? A new? Old things have passed away, behold, new things have come. But look why, one of the main reasons why you're new. Let's pick it up in 2 Corinthians 5.18, verse 17. So I want to just quote it to you. Now, all these things are from God. You being saved, you receiving the gospel, you being made brand new are from God, who reconciled us to himself. Because Ephesians says that we were enemies with God. We were separated from God because of our sin. We, and, and, and so what happened? Go back, go back one. Ah, reconciling us to himself through Christ and gave us, once you have been reconciled to Christ, you have now become a part of the ministry of reconciliation. You have become a storyteller. You are helping other people that, were like, that are like you were. You were far from God. Somebody shared with you. You came to God. Now, you are going to take that same story to other people. It's how for thousands of years, the kingdom of God has advanced. Namely, that God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against him. And he has committed to us, you, me, the, there it goes again. He's committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's what? Connecting people with Christ. Therefore, we are what? You're an ambassador, Jack. You're big time. You're an ambassador of God. Woo! Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though he were, as though he were beseeching through us, through our very story, he is beseeching through us, be reconciled to God. As though Christ was making an appeal through us, be reconciled to God. Through your story, Jesus is making an appeal to your fam friends and family, be reconciled to me. As you share your story, the, the Spirit of God is, is appealing, is drawing. And if you're not sharing their story, Romans 10, 14, how will they hear sin whom they do not know and how will call upon unless someone shares?
Listen, you want your life, you want to crank up the passion and the fire and the zeal, start telling your story and God's story. It'll put it on a whole nother level. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this, but sanctify Christ Jesus as Lord in your hearts. Man, number one, always being what? That's why we get involved with a group, so we practically can be ready to make a defense of anyone who asks of the hope that dwells in you, but do it with gentleness and reverence. Take that technology. I got it memorized. See, the Word of God says, hide it in your heart that you might not sin. We don't hear much about memorizing Scripture anymore, but I can tell you it's big time. Because when the God opens up a door, if you don't have any bullets in your gun, you got nothing to shoot. Are you with me? So, it's what God wants us to do. Can you imagine, think with me for just a second, what would happen if all the promisers said, that's it. That's it, I'm in. I'm a storyteller. Use me, God. I'll walk through every door that you open. Can you imagine the people that will come to Jesus in the weeks and months and years to come? It will be, it will be the end time revival. That's what will happen. Now, some of you don't get it, and you say, I don't understand this new. I got that, because you're still old. You've never experienced the newness of life because you've never been born again. You've never been reconciled to God. Reconciled, the accounts paid for, all your sins thrown away, brand new start, brand new heart, brand new life. So you've never, you say, but I've, I've been in church. Okay, I got it. That means you can be religious. The world is full of religious people that don't have a clue who God is. So if you want a relationship with the God of heaven through his son, he's ready. So if you're ready to turn away from your sin and you're ready to put, just like the eunuch said, hey, there's water. I want to get baptized. Well, you may, if you believe with all your heart, if you're ready to open your heart up to the king of kings, then with every head bowed, every eye closed, all of our campuses, we're going to pray this simple prayer out loud with you. Come on right now. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. And I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I will live for you because you died for me. Help me share the story. Help me obey you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, church, give him some praise. Wow.